This is Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast providing a first look at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technology that enable us to be an energy industry leader. Welcome to Current Thought. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Corbelis. On today's episode, we're talking to Constantine Spanos. He's a program and project manager on Con Edison's research and development team. And we're talking about a project in the works that just may help the subway system stay cooler in the summer and reduce energy costs. Sounds too good to be true? We'll find out. But first, here are some facts on the New York City subway system. The subways are essential to travel in the region. More than 3.2 million riders take the subway every day to work, and those numbers are only about 60% of the pre-pandemic capacity. And not even close to its peak ridership of over 2 billion people in 1946. The subway system includes 665 miles of track that serves Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, the Bronx, and Staten Island through the MTA Staten Island Railway. Late end-to-end New York City transit trains tracks would stretch from New York City to Chicago. And just think of the amount of times they start and stop in any given day. It's amazing. So Constantine, could you tell us what you're working on? Sure. So the project that we're working on specifically with New York City Transit is looking at recuperating some of the currently wasted uh, energy from braking and turning it into something that can be useful for either repowering the trains or being sent back to the grid. Electric vehicles and and train cars use a, a traction motor, and New York City Transit System is no different. When you want to accelerate, you push current through the motor, and you turn that electricity into into your motion. But if you want to convert that energy of your motion, what we call the kinetic energy, back into electricity, you alter the poles of the motor to turn that motor into a generator. So with, with that concept in mind and with the new power electronics that are cheap today, we can turn those motors and into generators and recover about 70% of a vehicle's energy, like a car, and a little less than that for for a large train. So it's like running the motor backwards to do this? Essentially, in in reality you're you're kind of running it the same direction, you're just increasing the speed of the rotor and that will transition the motor from a generator. So you're using electricity to make the train go forward and then you're capturing the train's energy to make electricity when it goes slower and stops. So you're you're directly converting your kinetic energy into electric power. So can you tell us about this new technology and, and how it will work? Yeah, sure. This uh, this project, we're working on this with New York City Transit. And what we're doing is, you know, from, from, uh, from the beginning is really na- trying to nail down the optimal configuration for how to make regenerative braking or regenerative braking energy better utilized. So like I mentioned, these, these modern train cars can regenerate a lot of energy. If you didn't know, um, today it really has nowhere to go for the most part. And that's because there's no immediate use for it at the time when the train is braking. So as it's releasing it back to the third rail, um, without anything to take it um, simultaneously, it, it basically would cause a damaging voltage rise. 
So instead, about 80 to 90 percent of it is passed through resistor banks on the car to those white boxes underneath the train car. And it just comes out as heat, you know, similar to like a space heater that you might use in the wintertime. And, and that's, you know, really wasted energy. So what we're trying to do is figure out, you know, how do we reutilize that for city transit? So transit and other train operators have looked into this. They've looked into ways to better utilize regenerative braking energy. Um, and really it's to offset some of their energy costs, their operating costs, which are substantial. How are train operators looking at this? Train operators have been looking into this uh, for some time, and New York City Transit's no different. They, they've been looking at this um, as, in, in terms of how, what are the different ways of utilizing or reutilizing that uh, regenerative braking energy to offset some of their operating costs, you know, their electrical energy costs. This can be done in a couple of ways. So the first is, you know, you can synchronize uh, arriving and departing trains, train times, where you're, you're, you're stopping train and you're departing train um, are arriving simultaneously, and you could transfer the energy from one to another. Um, that's called train time uh, train timetable optimization. And the other way that's you know kind of more commonly being looked at is actually replacing the supply station. What uh, these trains run on is DC power, and as you know, we supply in Connets and AC power. Uh, so. They take our uh, transit takes our AC power and converts it to DC power through a rectifier. Um, it's essentially a series of diodes that convert, you know, from AC to DC. And in in the case where you know you want to export the energy back to us, you have to realize that this uh, this rectifier is only a one-way system, so you can't put it back to the grid. Um, so upgrading that equipment to allow it to be uh, bidirectional is a good way to have regenerative braking energy come back to our system. And here you could do quite a bit. And then the next step further is you can you could start looking at energy storage. So so energy storage is neat because you can you can target specific locations. You can pair it um, either on the vehicle or on the train tracks and you could you could store the energy without any train synchronization. And you could reduce the peak power needed by the system. So, so that means we have to build less infrastructure to supply the system, which is great, which means there's less cables in the ground, and transit has to pay less for power, which is an also a big component of their energy costs. You're listening to Current Thought. Con Edison's podcast that looks at the cutting edge innovations and technologies that make us an energy leader. Please follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. Now let's return to today's episode. So let's return to our conversation with Constantine Spanos about regenerative braking. Let's see if if I got this right. So you could try and use this energy by timing the trains, but that would only use a, some of the potential of this energy. Or you would update the equipment so that the energy can be put back into the system. So it's a bi-directional, can go out and come back. And then the third is to store it so that it could be used for another purpose or to reduce the demand at 
during peak times uh, of usage for the for the train system, right? Did I get that right? Perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So the brakes right now create heat. So, yeah, yes, exactly. They It's more of a dynamic braking system right now where, you know, the, the regen energy can't go anywhere and the train is stopping. You know, like I said, if you put it back on the third rail, you start getting a voltage rise and then the protection systems on the train will activate and stop that current from flowing onto the third rail. So there's no contact. And then the train basically burns all of that energy through resistors. So the benefits to, to this are that you, you wouldn't have to waste all that energy as heat. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, anyone who's ridden in the subway tunnels in, the, in you know, mid-July in, in New York City knows that these can be pretty uncomfortable uh, experiences waiting for a train on the platform. You know, just because the heat rise from passing current through resistor banks is, is uh, you know, is pretty substantial. And also, you know, in tandem with running uh, onboard uh, ACs, et cetera, which export heat um, outside of the train. So it's really something that could mitigate the amount of heat content that's released to, to the stations and make ultimately the passenger stations more comfortable. That would be a real relief to people who spend any time waiting for trains in the subway system in the in the uh, afternoon, especially in the summer. So, Constantine, where is this technology now? Is there a timeline, or or how close are we to actually making these changes? So we're very close, um, and I, you know, I, I might have mentioned that this is something that others have looked at, and I think uh, it's important to mention that this this kind of technology, the new forms of storage, uh, such as supercapacitors um, and flywheels, has been something that has been looked at in, in Europe, Germany, uh, France and Spain specifically, and in Asia, um, China and Korea. And they, there's been quite good success in many instances. Some have had, you know, technical difficulties. And over here in, in the States, we've had a lot of sort of false starts where, you know, the technology really didn't respond as we'd like it. We have some deployments looking at use of batteries, which are really big and don't exactly fit the need as well. A lot of these installations are based off of, you know, mark, providing market services as, a, as opposed to really focusing in on reutilizing regenerative braking. And so here over the States, there's really been kind of limited adoption of, uh, you know, supercapacitor-based uh, technology specifically for, for transit. And uh, that's something that, you know, has come a long way, has been done overseas, and we're trying to study our specific infrastructure here with City Transit and make the conversion. So we've, we've uh, been working with a lot of different partners. Uh, NYSERDA has been a great supporter for us, and we're in the process right now with transit of looking at flywheels. We are hoping that there would be a new open call for pro a program or project opportunity notice uh, from NYSERDA focusing specifically on this where we can try out uh, even more advanced ideas uh, since the last open call. And as soon as we have uh, the opportunity, I think we're, we'll be able to move this to the prototype stage uh, over here, where we can test it 
in a limited form, perhaps uh, with a an industrial organization partner that we have at the various power labs that we work with, or with New York City Transit uh, directly. So I would estimate that probably within the next three to five years, we'll have a good prototype. And if all goes well in three to five years, how long would it be? What other testing has to occur? When would this be commercially available? So that's the big part of the question. You know, New York City Transit um, is different than transit systems around the world. And when you're working with a supplier or an equipment manufacturer, you have to demonstrate that they will have a market for this technology that they're looking to develop with you. And, you know, commercialization is really about sort of um, communicating the need to the equipment manufacturer that the manufa- that the equipment will be required in sufficient capacity to merit their investments towards this technology development. And, you know, what we can hope for is that we can partner with other transit agencies to expand the, uh, the utilization of these devices. And so when, when the time comes to say that, you know, we had success with this, it's been, it's used and useful, it's doing its job great, this is where MTA New York City Transit and other train operators in the states can really start communicating with uh, manufacturers to start putting orders in uh, and really commercialize. So commercialization is tough. It's a tough challenge, but it really it really starts with a successful demonstration. I think a lot of people don't know, but that is something that Con Edison is uniquely positioned to do. Um, for instance, solar panels. When, when customers wanted to put solar panels, the grid did not accept the the capability of them to to um, switch the the electricity, the extra electricity that they were producing back into the grid. So that had to be, and the the grid had to be changed to accommodate solar panels. And now that's something that customers expect. Yep, and increasingly will expect uh, more and more into the future. You're right, and this is all in our grid modernization strategy. Uh, bi-directionality of power flows is something we're always striving to increase. And that's pretty cool. And making a business case, too. Um, you know, I know our EV chargers, putting them curbside, we're, we're uh, demonstrating the business case for the success of developers to come in and start thinking about installing chargers across the city. So that's really interesting. Could you tell us who you're working with on this Um in particular, you mentioned NYSERDA and New York City Transit. Are there other partners in this project? Yeah, of course. Uh, so City Transit has partners that have been involved uh, with them from from the early days when they've been looking at Regen. Ourselves, we're working with City College of New York. The, the electrical engineering department has a regional expert on traction, essentially traction systems, traction electrification. Uh, we had a close relationship where we've developed very uh, sophisticated uh, simulation models um, of these trains and their and their dynamic operation. So we've been able to replicate uh, the power flows from a, an accelerating and braking train. Um, and 
We've also been working with other industry partners. We have a very close collaboration with the uh, a center down in, in uh, University of Te- uh, Tennessee. It's called the Center for Ultra-Wide Area Resilient Electric Energy Transmission Networks, or CURRENT. And we've been working with professors over there who are experts in power conversion equipment. Um, we also have uh, some early collaborations with uh, manufacturers that are experts on power electronics that would be, you know, exciting partners to the development of a prototype. So we're really at the stage now where we have the, the knowledge and the, the know-how to put something together. What are your hopes for this project? What, what is it that you want to accomplish? The best outcome for me is, well, for, for the city, would be to have a system that is cost-effective, that makes transit more efficient and cooler. I think it's a really big challenge. And ultimately, to reduce their operating costs. I think that you know, transit is, is, is oftentimes struggling. Um, energy is a big expense. We want to make that energy affordable. They, they can institute a number of these advancements and, and really cut down on costs. And I think the most exciting thing for, for me as a research and de- development uh, technologist would be to see a functioning prototype that has been fully spec- specced out, specified, and developed from concept to finish uh, by, by our team. That's, that's where kind of the idea becomes a reality. And that's the most exciting thing. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks for inviting me today. And that's our show. A special thanks to Constantine Spanos, Program and Project Manager for Research and Development here at Con Ed. I'm Anne-Marie Corbelis, and this is Current Thought. If you have a technology idea, a comment, or question, send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. And remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Make sure to use our hashtag, hashtag current thought. 